Hey, 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 Closet Busters, come on and gather around. It's time once again to kick down those closet doors of life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, bold move expert and coming out coach, and I'm going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloseted. So come on, grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step in to living your truth as we explore more stories, tips, and tricks for living your life uncloseted. Now let's get to the show. Hey, 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 closet dwellers and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloseted, and it happens to be Halloween. Not that I'm going to do that, because you know what? It's just another day to me, but I know there's lots of people who enjoy Halloween, and sometimes that sort of thing can bring out some of the weirdest stuff you've ever seen, but not today. Today we're talking with a sister, and I want you to just imagine for a moment that this sister is a nun. In fact, let your wildest dreams go crazy because this nun has really no gender. She doesn't belong to any particular spiritual affiliation. Um, actually, most of these nuns that belong to this order, they, they really strive to do things their own way. So surprise, surprise, why do you think they're having somebody on the podcast today? Because I wanted to really let people explore some of their own perpetual indulgences today. And to know it's okay to be who you are. And what do I mean by indulgences? Well, in the lovely LGBTQ community, we have this order of nuns called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And they're fabulous in my book. I just, I'm, I'm so fascinated with them every time I see them. And I'm so excited today because there's actually one on the show. And I'm not going to unveil a whole lot because I wanted to just unveil itself as we go through the conversation today but the reason I did this is because I believe you can be bold you can be yourself you can live your life uncloseted and you can even have a name like sister are you in yet to prove all of this is true and so without further ado I wish I had some really fabulous music to play right now (laughs) I'm just going to invite the sister to come forth and join me in the podcast closet with too bad we're so far away because we could be drinking a glass of wine together doing this one. Oh, this would that would be so lovely. Well, it would be thank, lovely. Yeah, it would. Uh, sister, I, thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for that wonderful like wonderful introduction that was like really uh, a nail on the head for how I view myself as a sister and how many sisters just really want to interpret themselves, just mm-hmm. really wanting to make the world a better place. And That's awesome. Now, so I have a confession to make. Okay. When I first came out of the closet many, not that many minutes ago, um, 20 years ago, I was a 36 year old quote straight man and, um, came out of the closet and all the listeners kind of know this, but, um, I remember the first time I saw the sisters and I'm like, what the fuck are these freaks? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> we it. Get that a lot. Yes, it's a lot. But I, in defense of that thought, I also had those thoughts about, okay, what are these leather people? And what are these drag queens? Oh, I knew a drag queens are. I love drag. But I was like getting my feet wet and my own little like homophobic stuff all mixed up in this crazy bowl of, okay, what is this? And then I'll never forget at a pride festival, a sister was walking by me and I was finally getting used to, you know, having seen them. And she was a 
big, burly, bearish sister. Uh-huh. And she grabbed me by the butt cheek and said, come on, sugar, you're going with sister. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I think I just figured it all out. Yeah. You're going to go do something. You're going to do some good in the world. I'm like, and then we had this really beautiful, amazing conversation. So, mm-hmm. but I thought I'd share that. So I could just like guilt myself talking to the nun and saying, there's my confession. Line. So I, I love that. And I love that experience. I think, you know, anytime I have an experience with people, I just always want to make sure that they feel normal. Uh, you know, I live by this philosophy that everybody is born perfect and guilt is something learned along the way. Um, and it's funny that you bring up guilt because, you know, we really, as an order, try to expiate that um, and just really um, promulgate universal joy and to make people feel like they belong and that they're, they're who they are and that is perfect. It's just enough. It's just what we, everybody should be. They deserve everything that they want. You know, and that's that's actually so beautiful because it really truly aligns with what this podcast is all about. It's like living your life your way, just Mm -hmm. being who you're meant to be in the world. And people don't really take that in sometimes. And it's like, it's okay. It is purely okay because you are perfect. And wherever you don't feel like you can be who you want to be in the world. And I'm so glad you brought up the, the, the guilt word because that's where it stems from. There's something somewhere that somebody has taught you that says, if you act this way, if you do this thing, if this is how you show up, you are not good enough or you're not bright enough or you're not pretty enough or you're not dressed. It's just all a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Which I I, I totally think that's why people totally gravitate towards the sisters. I mean, like when you see this in like wonderfully, beautifully dressed, uh, drag queen clown nun you kind of are just like taken aback and you're like whoa what is Mm -hmm. that and Mm -hmm. when people start talking to sisters they realize like you know wow they're they're so down to earth there's like people just like you and I and exactly I yeah I I like to say you know if I can look this fabulous and freakish I know someone must feel normal in the room (laughs) Well, and someone feels accepted in the room. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I know, here's what I've observed like about many sisters. And I'm going to encourage everyone to go look. Um, Sister Arya Inya is from Boston, um, or in the order, but they're all over the country. And I invite you to do some Google searches because first you'll see some just amazing, fabulous makeup and outfits and everything. But to me, that's what brings the inclusion piece because somebody's going to see something in a sister that says, oh, that's me. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the makeup. It doesn't necessarily have to be the outfit. It can be something that the sister does or says, or the way they carry themselves, or how they interact with the crowd that people kind of stand off and then they're like, come on, come over here, let's have a chat, you know? Let's, you know, and, and the humor, of course. I, I, it's almost like all of you went to some humor school because I, I've heard shit come out of your mouths that I'm just like, oh my God. but. It's amazing because I think that's part of what the order is all about is let's break down these fences. Yeah. Get rid of the barriers Mm -hmm. and let's all just be who we are, which is humans. Plain and simple. 100%. 
So um, what drew you to it? So to be quite honest, um, no, I want you to lie here. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I first found the sisters when I was in Provincetown, Massachusetts. Um, Yay, Provincetown. Yeah, exactly. The Boston sisters, uh, actually, they do a lot of uh, community service all throughout the like New England area. Um, and they happen to be in Provincetown for um, Spooky Bear. So ironically, it's Halloween. Um, Spooky Bear is a huge event in uh, Provincetown. Um, but I was there and they were walking around with a bucket and they were shaking the bucket and just saying, would you like to donate to a local charity? And, you know, it was um, something that I just had never seen. I was like, what is this drag queen doing? She's, mm -hmm. She looks a mess. Well, not a mess, but like just looks completely outlandish to me. I've never seen someone doing drag in this kind of makeup. Mm -hmm. And she explained, well, I, sweetie, I'm a sister. Like, let's, let's talk about like what I am and what I do. And I just, I oh, am a registered nurse in my real boy life. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, she had started talking about how the sisters began in San Francisco and really got started with the AIDS crisis, um, yeah. helping individuals like, feel normal yeah. and create sex positive language for those individuals and just raise money for those individuals to help them live somewhat of a normal life like mm -hmm. at that time um fast forward to where we were at spooky bear i was just like wow i love what you're doing i love this nonprofit and what it stands for first of all take all of my money that i have on me right now cuz i really shouldn't drink anymore right. and i would love a card and i i want to be involved and that's yeah. kind of how that started that's um, awesome. and then of I, course it takes whimsical turns as everything yeah, oh, yeah. as you I, read the show page folks you'll see there's lots of whimsy that goes along with this and yeah, it's and it's a process the world and the process and it's it's like a it's like a little fairy tale storybook in so many ways. When I read each different side, you know, I went to I went to the Boston side. I'd been on the San Francisco side before, and you know, I kind of started like hopping all over the country. And I and I went to yeah. bed so like happy and content that night. I'm like, okay, I just had my light, nice little bedtime stories. So and you know, the sisters are actually an international organization. So like, mm -hmm. you have sisters in Paris, you have sisters in London, you have sisters in Edinburgh, Scotland, like in South America, it is, it is really something that has exploded. Um, I actually think there are, the number always changes, but yeah. I would say about 5,000 nuns worldwide. Wow. That's, That's amazing. It's, it's a remarkable thing. So you decided this was part of your destiny in life and yeah. you stepped into it. Um, any challenges going through? Um, you know, not everybody is as accepting of the sisters as you'd like them to be. Um, you know, we are dressed as the traditional Catholic nuns. Our garb is, at least. We wear um, a veil over our head. And the Catholic Church has actually given us some backlash towards that sort of... Yep. Um, as if they have um, any room to um, talk so many times, please. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's hard enough that we're an LGBTQ right. 
focused organization. Um, but I distinctly remember we did an event at the Boston Public Library where we wanted to read to children because, you know, giving back to our community, we, why not immerse right. the children in like what, a wonderful culture and just to see what the drag community could be about, like what our community can be. Yeah. Um, and it was really such a wonderful event. Like we read to children, the children were so enamored with what we were as like drag queen clown nuns. Mm -hmm. And it was a great event. The parents were so like shocked. And I mean, it, this wasn't just an LGBTQ event. It was, sure, sure. you had like straight parents just coming up and they were like, I love what you're doing for, for this community. Like our mm -hmm. community like needs this. We, I am so obsessed with what you guys do and to reach children is just so, that's that takes that takes true passion absolutely um, but I, I remember a lot of the church like they just kind of felt that we were um like indoctrinating the children mm. and kind of uh tainting their brain <laughs> uh, there are a lot the, more nasty words shared towards sure sure time. yeah yeah but you know what's so interesting about what you're sharing right now is it's really <laughs> I hate to say this, I'll probably get, uh, I'll, I don't care how much hate mail I get. Is it it's really not that much different than throwing all the Disney stuff at people? It's like, really, you're going to, you're going to tell children that, oh yes, the handsome prince always comes and saves the beautiful damsel in distress and, and they live happily ever after and da da da. It's like, really? It's, let's, what are we teaching kids? Especially little girls. I mean, Okay, and some little boys are like, I want the Handsome Prince too, but, you know, it's... it's. I mean, it's I won't be upset if a Handsome Prince just comes strawling into my life. And no, me, me either. Right. I mean, but, well, he, you know, he's going to have to, like, whine, but you know, other than that, you know, everything else will be fine. But, but you know, it, it always amazes me when these sort of things come up, and the thing is, is the kids are all right until the adults fuck it up. Uh, you know, I... I find the more we try to create um, a quote unquote, like, I don't want to say safe space, but like a, a bubble, the more and more we try to create a bubble, it just mm -hmm. ends up bursting and becoming something that is chaotic. And I think mm -hmm. chaos is okay to experience in, in certain realms. Like mm -hmm. my experience is so much different than so many other individuals and I turned out all right. And I know people who have come from very privileged and wonderful experiences of life and they may not consider themselves as lucky as I am um, where I am right so now. So if you don't mind sharing, if not, just say, no. hey, Rick, we're moving on. So talk a little bit about your own experience. I mean, so sister is definitely playing on some team. I'm not going to make an assumption which team she's playing on, but she just did say she would love a handsome prince. So I'm assuming that sister is truly at least a gay man or a bisexual man. Yes. Okay. I, I would say I identify as a, a, a male, homosexual male. Okay. Okay. No. So 
what was that experience like for you? Did you come out at a young age? Did you come out? I mean, you're younger than me already. I mean, hello, oh, I could so, be your daddy. Well, <laughs> in so many ways, but you know, truly your daddy. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. my my personal experience of coming out was very very interesting. Um, anybody who I, so I grew up Catholic Irish, uh, mm. Irish Catholic, I should say, and a lot of people who know who have Irish Catholic moms the Irish guilt is that's a real thing. Um, but I actually came out twice in, in my lifetime. Um, and then later came out as a sister, I guess you could say it's a mm-hmm. loving experience. Uh, but when I first came out, I was 13 years old and I remember I've always been a very flamboyant individual. Mm. Always, always. Uh, I mean, growing up, I was, into Pink Power Ranger and Catwoman was like my favorite. Michelle Pfeiffer, just mm-hmm. for all of you out there. Michelle Pfeiffer, Batman Returns, like she mm-hmm. was my idol. Um, I was those characters for Halloween and I idolized those women and, you know, just painting the picture for yeah, a yeah, very yeah. stereotypical, like flamboyant gay child. Um, and I was 13, heading to the mall with my mom and we were on the highway and I kind of just turned to her. I was just starting my first week of uh, high school and I go, mom, I think I'm gay. And Lord, I will tell you, my mom slammed on those brakes. She pulled over on the side of the road and she slapped my face so hard. And she goes, I have had six kids. Not one of them is going to be a faggot. Do you hear me? This is a phase. Mm. And I just kind of was a little like taken aback, like, okay, by no means, like, did she want to change who I was as a person and how I acted, but that was just not, that was not a thing for her. That's the way it is. Yep. Uh, Turned back to when I started college, I kind of was like, you know what, I'm on my own. I'm figuring it out. I, uh, I'm sick of pretending I'm not a gay man like I finally came back to her and I was like you know what mom I I know I had told you this before and you had told me it was a phase but I I really am a gay man and uh she kind of looked at me and said well all right well let me just tell you a couple things then and I go okay and she goes don't get AIDS and you know if it doesn't fit in your mouth it doesn't fit anywhere else and (laughs) I was just like, <laughs> Patty, you know what? Okay. All right. I okay. got Okay. So <laughs> I'm just I'm just kind of taking in that last one. It's like it's, it's you know, it, it has very good advice. Helped, it it has helped me dramatically in my life. And you know, I've actually passed on that word of advice to other people in my sistering, you know? And you just, you know, hey, you just passed it on to all the listeners here. And yes. hopefully that well, will you you move beyond people. the podcast vibes and through the world. And <laughs> we will make it all a better place. So, yeah, um, yeah that's awesome. So, yeah. wow, what a journey. And yeah. now you feel just totally yourself and yeah, getting I, there. I think that's kind of like what really brought me to become a sister. Um but my name, Sister Aria Inya, it's it's very sexually suggestive and me being a registered nurse and kind of like having that Irish Catholic guilt or shame, I guess, 
I never really felt comfortable like opening up with my sexuality or like discussing like having sex or just discussing about sex and topics in general. And I've really made it my mission to make that okay um, and to make people feel safe and secure and have conversations about sexual intimacy. Um, and then not just safer sex, but just mm-hmm. sex practices that work for them. If someone has a kink, yeah. great. Like what I really want is for people to generate conversation about sex and sexual practices and just really not hurt one another, like really respect each other. And yeah. No, well, that's one, one, I know that's one of the tenets of your own for you is your own sisterhood is to yeah. live that standard. Yeah, and I think it's so important. You know, it's interesting as you've been talking, I've been doing like, well, that's pretty similar to why I do this podcast. And that's mm-hmm. pretty similar to why I do the coaching work that I do. And that's very similar to why I talk about the stuff I want to talk about on stage. I'm in the midst of launching. Well, it'll, it's launched. Um, I wouldn't even call it a new brand. It's, it's a, I'm just going to call it, it's a, thing it's a movement it's something that's happening right now that i'm just like no for once i'm not going to put my whole freaking branding hat on and go let's see what this is but it's it's masculinity unmasked Mm -hmm. and i realize what i'm trying to do is what i've always tried to do is help men unmask the just shitty unwritten rules about what it means to be a man Mm -hmm. and they'll be who they are Mm -hmm. whether that be in the bedroom in the boardroom in the friendships with their families and as a parent. And I'm realizing men in general are actually very hungry for this because there's been so much constraints put onto us as this is what a man is. And then you turn and, and this isn't just for gay men, but especially when you turn then that faucet onto the gay guys, it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm like already sinking because I'm not any of this. Sometimes I think most of the time, even if you're a macho butch guy, there's stuff that you're still not man enough. I don't care what it is you look like. You can be Mr. Macho and then you open your mouth and like, okay, well he looks so, but then listen to his voice. It's like, fuck off, (laughs) you know? Um, And I think this is so powerful that you are finding your way through, which I think most of us do through our own experiences to say, this is what I stand for this is what I believe in. And this is what I know my purpose on earth is. I mean, I can tell even when you talk about being a nurse, I hear that. But when, when you talk about what you do as a sister, it just elevates it even more. Mm-hmm. There's something personally in this for you that makes you realize if you can be a voice, then you've really fulfilled your purpose on earth. Is that yeah. I, I, you know, if I can, really just make the world a better place for one person, Mm -hmm. I know that I'm doing good work. Mm -hmm. You know, all the makeup that I purchase and the gas that I use to get to the events to like kind of help establish them. I mean, all the sisters, none of us, we all put in our own time and money for this. We're a completely nonprofit organization. We all feel the same way. Like if we can make anyone feel better or just be better mm-hmm. that we know we've done our job. Mm. We know that. Yeah. Yeah. 
What have you learned most about yourself being a sister? Um, that words are powerful. Um, presence is powerful. And actions really do speak volumes towards people. Um, I have learned a bit about like sister magic um, mm-hmm. and the, 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 the drawing that people have, uh, have towards sisters. Um, when I interact with individuals in the, our community, people will recognize the sisters and they'll come right up and they'll say, you know, I don't know what you're, you're like trying to raise money for today, but here's some money. You guys do great work. Thank you. You helped me out through my pet, like my past experiences. And when I was having a rough time and Mm -hmm. you sought me out, it's, it's a magical thing to experience. Mm -hmm. And you kind of build this intuition as a sister to see, like you, you can scan a room of people and look out at them and see one person in the room, like that may not be engaging and you can interact with them. It, it, some of our sisters are very, very talented at this. Mm-hmm. And I've, I would like to think that I can do this myself, but mm-hmm. um, I think that's one real thing that I've learned as a sister that we- Awesome. Yeah. How long have you been a sister at this point? So I've been in the process for two years and I've been a fully professed sister now for about two, um, three months now. Okay. okay. So, so when you talk about the process, I want people to understand that this isn't just- yeah. Oh, I want to wear makeup and uh, uh, you know a veil and all this stuff. There's there's actually oh there's a there's a quite a process for this. So there's four stages to the actual process. You have your aspirancy, where you declare that you want to be a part of the organization. You dress very wildly and something to like make you stand out with the sisters when you're out with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you then kind of I'm going to say elevate um, into different like levels in the organization. Mm-hmm. So next yep. is postulancy where you kind of, you can start, you can don the white face. You wear this like brown burlap sack, but the idea is that you can do eye makeup because we want you to see the organization and see through your eyes, the experiences that people can have mm-hmm. um, within the order. And the brown sack is really just to have you blend in the background and know that you're, with the sisters, but right. of a lower order, order, order. I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, and then as you elevate into your novice sisterhood, um, you can don the full face that a sister dons. Uh, you wear your um, wimple on top of your head with mm-hmm. the veil, um, but it is a white veil at that time to signify that you are a novice sister. And you start to really practice and bring about your, develop your practice as a sister. And you engage the community. You speak on behalf of the house. Um, not fully, like not by yourself, but always under the guidance of, an, of, a, of another sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you develop a project um, for the community or for your house, the house will then vote on you to elevate to become a fully professed member. And that is when you can wear a black veil, a colorful veil. You can really dress however you'd like. Mm. Um, And 
every house so what, has a different look. So, so what was your project that you put forth that got you to the point of being a full sister? So my project is something you can actually view online. It's called Aria's Anals. And uh, I gave you a link to yep, the yep. website. So it's uh, thebostonsisters.org backslash Aria's hyphen anals. And that's A-N-N-A-L-S. Um, and what I do is I've been creating these video blogs, uh, just trying to generate conversation about safer intimacy and having those hard to talk about conversations. Um, and my hope is to expand that all the way to any topic that anybody wants to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to those video blogs and topics that I feel or want to talk about, I have an email called put it in my ask at gmail.com. I love play on words. So yes. anything yes. I can do to <laughs> spice things up a little bit, yeah. I will. Um, and I am taking questions on any, any sort of sexual health or any sort of like safer intimacy question. Um, and so far I've gotten quite a bit of questions and cool. Uh, I, I, I anticipate you might get a whole lot more after this. I, I um, hope so. That would be yeah. such a wonderful thing. Because, and, you know, I, people have heard me talk numerous times. I mean, we're 300 and some shows in at this point. But one of the uh, things that is a burning passion of mine is lowering the stigma around anything to do with sex. Mm -hmm. We're human beings. We're, I believe we were given this amazing thing called a sex drive and an appreciation for intimacy. And, and anytime I feel like that gets any kind of cap or holdback put on it, to me, it goes against our human nature, whether that be, we can't talk about this or we can't do this. Mm -hmm. And I was raised seventh day Adventist. So I had a lot of, Oh yeah, we don't talk about this stuff, blah, 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 blah. And I'm so glad to see you doing this because I think the more people who can be out here talking about, let's be real with this. Let's make this a beautiful thing. Let's not stigmatize any piece of this. Let's let people be who they are. Let people enjoy what they enjoy. If they enjoy doing that with another person or multiple people, that is, their, it's their life. It's their, they have this journey to do what they want to do in general, then you can go to your belief systems of maybe you'll be back again and you know, whatever. But it frustrates me that this whole, just, I'm not going to call it negative energy, but energy of let's not talk about this stuff has been put on sex, intimacy, all this stuff. And I think if we didn't do that, the world would be a completely different place. I And we'd be honoring so much of who we are as humans. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I think that would change so much of like how diseases like STIs are even spread. Like mm -hmm. in my most recent video, I actually, I touch upon this briefly. Like I talk about prep and like how individuals should be tested every three months. And I have conversations with my friends and other like members of like, I would say mostly gay men, like mm -hmm. uh, cis uh, gay men, um, who say, you know, I I don't use condoms because I'm on prep, and I, me as a registered nurse, I just start screaming. I'm like, oh my god, the, like 
okay, I get it. Like, I totally understand, like, condoms may not feel as great as, like, unprotected sex, but you really need to be having those conversations with the people that you're having sex with. Because mm-hmm. you could be essentially, like, a spreading disease and you don't know mm-hmm. it. And exactly. And you're having multiple partners. Like, at least have the conversation and say, like, I'm having sex with these people, unprotected or protected. Like, we need to have this conversation. I was tested at this time. Have I had unprotected sex since that point? And yeah, I totally, I think it's a matter of respect for one another, in a sense, to be able to do that. And and it's not uh, just a conversation for gay men. Yeah, oh, I, no, no, absolutely I, I, not. I just, just it drives me nuts when people start to be like, oh, but that's just for gay men because, you know, they're, they're so promiscuous. And I'm like, folks, <laughs> no. it's time to wake up. <laughs> it's time to be you. real. Working about all of it. It's not just gay men. I no, it's not. not at all. I mean, it's just insanity. And it's, a, you know, I always, I could go off on a tangent. And I don't want to do this. We're about out of time here. But it always amazes me. And this is where I, I'm, I'm going to admit, folks, I'm going to be really judgmental about what I'm about to say here. It always amazes me people who are so hung up on how they look. The perfect abs, the perfect biceps, the perfect tits, whatever it is. They're, they're so hung up on their physical appearance. And then they will be so reckless in their sex life. I don't get it. I just, I don't understand it. Now, that's part of the little fat boy in me going, well, if I looked like that, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be wasting. But it's, it is very interesting to me. And, um, you know, people who've listened to me, they know that I'm not a monogamous guy. I, we're honest about that in our relationship. We don't very often not do it with somebody else without the other around. But we're very conscious of this is how we do it. And we do it safe. And um, I'm so glad that you are putting this forward as your part of education, advocacy, being of service, being a fabulous sister, all this sort of stuff. Because one day, a child at a library is going to remember, I knew a sister, and you didn't even talk about this stuff because it wasn't even age appropriate, but they're going to remember, oh, yeah, that sister's read books to me, and then, oh, wow. I'm now an adult or a teen or whatever, and I'm seeing this about a sister. Oh, wow, this is what they do. The connections will be made, and the right things will happen. So I just want to say thank you for what you do. It's amazing. Amazing, amazing stuff. I think what you do is absolutely fabulous, and I couldn't thank you enough for what you do. I'm amazed by people every day, and I always – I think their position in life – allows me to do what I do. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I agree. And I wish we could all lean into that more with each other and realize, okay, this is what this person's here to do. This is what I'm here to do. They're what, or, you know, and instead of, you know, it's kind of like the reaching across the aisle sort of stuff. It's like, okay, we're all here to do this, run this country, whatever as congressman centers, all, all these different things. But if we just allowed each other to kind of do it and do it as a team rather than, at odds, which I know there's always going to be that, but it just seems there would be so much better being done in the world. And that's what I love about what you've shared about the sisters. It's about doing better in the world, plain and simple. Absolutely. Making the world a better place. So I'm just curious for you, 
do you ever encounter in your dating life <laughs> someone who's like, oh no, I couldn't date you because you do this? Has that ever happened? Um, I, it's usually uh, a split. It's people are either very excited or people are very, oh yeah, no, uh, no, <laughs> can't do that. One hundred percent. That's <laughs> so interesting. That was going to be what dating life, but <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's amazing because I think it is interesting. I mean, there's, uh, you know, I wasn't a coach when this started with my husband, but I have friends who are like, when they find out I'm a life coach, they're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I can just tell I'm not going to sit here and analyze you. Well, I am, but I'm not going to let you know I'm doing that, you know. But um, it is very interesting because it's just one of those things that makes people sometimes go, hmm, I don't know if I can do this with you. So um, mm -hmm. so in five years, if you could have the ultimate impact, and I like this kind of our last question, but if you could have the ultimate impact, just being you and part of who you are is Sister Arya yet, what would be the ultimate thing that you would like to have impact on the world? Um, I would really like people to be able to feel comfortable in their own skin and kind of just like really have my project take off and have people feel comfortable talking about intimacy mm -hmm. and sex in general and not feel guilty. Mm-hmm or stigmatized for their wants or their needs as a sexual being. That's amazing. Or just as a human in general. Or as a human in general, exactly. Yeah. So if you could leave a little bit of advice for someone who's really wanting to feel comfortable like that, what would you tell them? First of all, love yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, know that you may not be the only one and have that conversation. Don't be, it may be intimidating to have that conversation with someone about like what your kink or whatever it is that you're striving for. But you know, if you want to live your true self, you should be able to have that conversation. There's no point in hiding mm -hmm. that. Um, and the thing that I find interesting about what you just said is the sooner you are able to master having that conversation, you will actually start saving yourself a lot of time and stress. Because yes, I, if they can't do that with you, bye-bye, see you later. Or if they can, then you know you might be on the right track to something better mm -hmm. or something more aligned with who you want to be and how you want to show up in the world. And I think too many people are afraid, oh, I mean, I'm not advocating saying, okay, first date, here's, you know, <laughs> it could be. It could yeah. be that good. But the more comfortable you get in it, here's what I believe is going to happen for people you're going to show up more confident. You're going to show up much more in your power of non-negotiables and you're going to love yourself a heck of a lot more because you gave yourself the respect to say, here's what I stand for. Here's what I desire. Here's how I show up in the world too often in relationships, whether it be friendships or family relationships or intimate, loving, caring relationships. We don't stand up for those three things. And then we wonder why the relationship, and everything goes sour. It's because too late we start to show this is who we really are. Mm -hmm. Instead of showing up who we are, I'd much rather get rejected right out the gate than to get rejected a year or two into it going, oh, I just told you this and that you don't like me. And mm -hmm. I lived too many years doing that. So it didn't work. So, 
Well, sister, I guess church is kind of done for today, but uh, I love love what you did. I thank you so much for showing up and being part of Life Uncloseted and proving once again why we need to make our bold moves to truly live our life on our own terms, even if that means fabulous makeup and outfits and everything else, because underneath it all is the real person. And that's all you need to know. So thanks so much for being here, Sister Arianda. Thank you so much for having me. It was truly a pleasure. All right, there you have it. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, but that's okay. We're going to be back in just a couple of days sharing more stories, tips, tricks, and wisdom for helping you live your life uncloseted. And you know what? You can share it too. Just take a few moments if you like and if you believe in this podcast and share it with someone you know today. Share it from your phone, go share it on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you are. Maybe even give us a rating review because you know what? It's all about the planet living their life uncloseted. I'm Rick Clemens, host of the show and the guy who helps you make those big, bold moves. And I hope you never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted. Catch you real soon. Take care, everyone.